This podcast is made possible by OneStream Software and U.S. Bank. This is episode 412. Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. This episode, we speak to Ralph Kuna, CFO of Indiana Fiber Network. Finance leaders frequently tell us that making an impact is directly linked to their career satisfaction. What occurred to me when speaking to Ralph Kuna this episode is that some of the most impactful finance leaders are not always in what we tend to think of as the most glamorous industry or geography. In fact, you'll hear Ralph explain that part of being a finance leader inside Indiana's broadband internet realm was getting out in the field and building relationships with more than a half dozen rural communities. By the way, in rural communities today, 35% of Americans still lack access to high-speed broadband internet. So when Ralph expresses satisfaction about making an impact, he's talking about more than a stock price. Our discussion begins after these words from our sponsor. When it comes to supporting effective decision-making, finance and IT leaders are facing an unprecedented challenge amidst increasing business complexity, exploding data volumes, and market volatility. OneStream software reduces the complexity of financial operations by unleashing the power of finance with a unified platform for planning, financial close and consolidation, reporting, and analytics. OneStream helps finance leaders empower the enterprise with financial and operational insights to support faster and more informed decision-making, all in a platform designed to continually evolve and scale with your organization. To learn more, visit onestreamsoftware.com. Fiber Network. IFN is one of the leading 
fiber-based service providers in Indiana today. Ralph, welcome. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate the time. Likewise, we want to uh, begin where we always do, Ralph, which is to ask you uh, to tell us a little bit about yourself by looking back in time and sharing with us what were uh, some of those career experiences that put you on the path uh, to be CFO at Indiana Fiber Network. Fill us in a little. Absolutely, Jack. Well, I have to thank uh, my early high school career looking at a bookkeeping class that I took back when I was a junior in high school that really led me into the profession. Uh, jumped into uh, receiving a bachelor's of accounting in uh, accounting with a minor in mathematics uh, from Plymouth State University uh, a number of years ago, and then migrated into the workforce becoming a mutual fund accountant with State Street Bank and Trust Company. Uh, I was there for a period of time and then actually had the opportunity to uh, move out to Indiana. And my major move in, in Indiana was in a small CPA firm. And I look at that as really a pivotal point in my career where I was able to work for a small firm, less than 10 employees at the time, which enabled me to get in just about every skill set that I needed for future uh, CFO material, if you will. Not that I even had that in my mind at the time, but the skill set that I was able to achieve through that period, doing audits, tax, business project, uh, special proposals, things of that nature that you, you really don't get at some of the larger firms, in my opinion. So I was able to dig down deep and work with many different clients in many different ways and just really excelled in the experience opportunity that I had at that smaller firm level. And the firm itself had a specialty in telecommunications, and I find myself throughout my career now having that as a base to get me to where I'm at today. So, uh, and, and I'm curious, you were you in the mid, Midwest before you came to Indiana? I was not. I was actually out in uh, Massachusetts. I, I grew up in uh, just north of Boston in Gloucester, Massachusetts, and then had the opportunity for my undergrad in New Hampshire. And then uh, a few years after graduation, I uh, had the opportunity to come out to, to Indiana, and that's where I continued to excel in my accounting career at that time. So, so tell us what it was that brought you to IFN, ultimately. Yeah, great question. Well, the, uh, the history that I had from early on in my CPA career at that small telecom firm where we, we actually specialized with telecom companies. And after a, a period of years working for that organization, over that time as well, I went back in the evening and achieved my MBA and had the ability to uh, look at things from a, a different level than the day-to-day -day opportunities. It was more of a higher level uh, experience for me from that education perspective. And I migrated into a controller role at a smaller telecom firm that actually offered voice, uh, television, uh, internet, uh, you name it, from a telecommunications side. And they had that opportunity to serve as controller and was promoted into chief financial officer after having that experience of a few years in the controllership role. Now, I asked about IFN, but if you don't mind, I'd love to zero in on uh, your work at this company, Endeavor, where during your time there, 
the company installed more than 2,000 miles of fiber across uh, nine telecommunication exchanges. Personally, I don't know all of what that involves, but I know it's a real operational feat. And you were part of the team that did that and climbed the ranks while you were there. Can you can you please take a step back in time and tell us how you first arrived at Endeavor, the different roles you played? What would you share with us? Absolutely, Jack. I, I had the opportunity uh, leaving uh, the CPA profession to get into private industry and went in as controller at, at Endeavor. At the time, it had a, a different name, and we rebranded over the, the course of the time that I was there but came in as controller, had that telecommunications background, and, and Endeavor itself was a company that was in a, a rural area, served uh, many different counties in the southwest central part of the state of Indiana, covering uh, one of the, the largest territories from a cooperative telecommunications company in the state. And my previous background specializing in telecommunications from an accounting perspective really let me have the opportunity to, to succeed in that role from a finance perspective. And I was promoted over a few years to the chief financial officer role, was very integral with, with the board of directors uh, at the time as well, supporting the CEO at the time. And after a period of uh, probably six years when I was at the organization, moving from controller to CFO, there was an opening at the, the CEO level, and, and I believe it was my understanding of the business, not only from a financial perspective, but the operations, and that's key for a CFO to really get deep into the operations, and I think that position more than any needs to know everything about the business that they're at, and that led me to have the ability to be offered to be the next CEO of that organization. And you know, being in the CFO role, I really enjoyed what I did. And I never in my mind thought about being CEO of, of any organization because I just love finance and accounting and everything I did about that role. However, the board was very gracious in terms of offering me that opportunity. They understood that I knew that organization inside and out. I was uh, a trusted partner to them and they wanted to offer that opportunity to me. And after a, a long uh, period of, of thinking about what did I want to do next, I thought to myself, I'm ready. And if I didn't select this opportunity at the time, I would regret it for the rest of my life. So it was an amazing experience transitioning into that role. Although when you move into a role like that from CFO to CEO, you're doing two jobs for a while. So it, it took time to... Uh, find a, a CFO that uh, I was able to uh, bring aboard at Endeavor and then work with me uh, for my time there as CEO as well. And into that role of CEO is just an amazing experience. You just don't know what to expect. You're essentially responsible, in, in my case, to the board of directors. We had nine at the time, and I had nine bosses, very supportive of me. And when you look at it from a CEO perspective, then you're moving into being responsible for the entire organization. So if you think back to my earlier comments about having complete understanding of the entire organization, when I was in the role of CEO, already having that as a baseline, it allowed me to jump into that role a lot quicker than 
maybe some other folks that didn't have that experience, didn't have that knowledge of finance and the complete operations of the business. And it happened to be at a time critical to the journey of Endeavor where we were in the middle of a complete overbuild of our infrastructure. So the infrastructure that was in place, copper technology, had been in place many, many, many years. So it was an opportunity to invest significantly in the infrastructure of all those rural communities to bring high-speed fiber optic internet connections to every cooperative member in all those exchanges. So it was a period of 10 years where we invested multi-millions of dollars into a fiber optic technology, state-of-the-art equipment into the ground, sometimes overhead where we needed to on poles, but it was primarily the infrastructure in the ground that provided connectivity to those rural communities, and that fiber optic network is in, is in place today. But it's a very competitive um, environment from a, a dollar's perspective. It's, we want to be in a position where we offer uh, services that rural communities can afford and accept to grow in their lives because Internet connectivity is, is such a, essentially a necessity in this day and age with what smart technology has led us to and it interacts with and interfaces with every part of our lives today. So I was able to work from a pre-planning stage with engineers, work with our outside plant team to actually build the infrastructure. Then we had our network operations team turn up the equipment to essentially light up that those fiber optics because essentially fiber is, is light. And then our sales and marketing team being able to promote that and brand that throughout our serving territory. So it was what I like to call from soup to nuts, making that investment into those communities and turning around and changing lives, if you will, when you have that type of connectivity. And we see it every day in the marketplace. Businesses, residential folks, they can't survive without that Internet connection. Whether it's a, a wireless or a wireline connection, we look at wireless as a complement to wireline infrastructure because you need those wires in the ground or on those poles in order to make those connections happen. And that's, I've been blessed to be a part of that journey from controller all the way through CEO at that organization. It's a great experience. Now, maybe you would uh, tell us otherwise, but I suspect it was pretty unusual for uh, a CFO to move into the CEO role um, in, this, in this industry at this place in time. During, during my time, there were a lot of engineers and technical folks transitioning into the CEO role. There were not too many finance folks. So I think seeing that the door is open to the finance folks to move up to that next level of management, it was maybe an eye-opening experience for, for some as well. I know it was for me just having that, that opportunity. And I think where we're at today in this world, having that baseline of financial acumen is key to the success of a CEO role. So whether 
like myself, whether you eventually, as a CFO, aspire to get that CEO level, it is very significant to get your feet wet, get your hands dirty, have communications and collaboration across the organization so you understand how your organization ticks. So if you're ever called upon or if you proactively want to look for an opportunity at the CEO level, you are prepared for that and you can share your story about how you have learned a business and how you can take it to the next level. I'm curious, did you ever, uh, you, you, you did move into the CEO role, but did you ever have second thoughts that maybe you could have jumped? And, uh, you know, I, I, I know time is, uh, is what it is, and life uh, hands you the opportunities that might not come by again. Uh, but uh, if you wanted to stay on the finance track, it would seem that you could jump to another CFO position, perhaps at a larger fiber network uh, uh, company uh, in a neighboring state or whatever it might have been. Had you considered that path as well? Always in the back of my mind, for, for me, it was a, a known quantity at the time, and I believed it was my time to be at that organization for the period of time that I was there. And, and it was the same type of situation when I moved on from Endeavor and, and took over the uh, president role of our association to represent a lot of the telecom carriers from a smaller perspective here in the state of Indiana. I, I had that same mentality. I had worked with a team that accomplished the 2,000-plus miles of fiber optic infrastructure across over those eight counties. We had achieved significant amounts of investment in the community, and I was ready for the next step, and I had the opportunity to become president of the association to re represent Endeavor and many other carriers in the state. Whereas I had the opportunity over a period of time with Endeavor to represent carriers in the state of Indiana as well as out in Washington, D.C. with our national association, NTCA. They are the Rural Broadband Association, and we partnered with them to advocate for our industry with our representatives in Congress. So that experience here locally from a regulatory and advocacy perspective, as well as on a national level out in D.C., really gave me the ability and experience to step into the next role as president of that association, followed by the CEO here at IFN reaching out to me and asking me to become the next CFO of IFN. He knew my experience over the years in working with him because at Endeavor, we were service providers to IFN as well as IFN was a vendor to us. And I was elected on the board of IFN while I was at the CEO level of Endeavor. Gave me another high-level understanding of what IFN was all about. So I knew it was a known quantity at that point, very familiar with the organization. So when he offered that opportunity to me to become the next CFO of IFN, I took, of course, uh, as I usually do, a long, thoughtful process to talk about what is my next move and what does it mean for me and my family. And I stepped back and said, this is an opportunity that I want to take on, and I can make a difference here at IFN because our ownership is essentially made up of 
20 telecommunication companies, of which Endeavor is one, across the state of Indiana. So I can continue to represent these companies and these individuals at this level as CFO of IFN. But it really, over the course of my career, looking at being early on in the small CPA firm, working with clients who started investing in IFN in the early 2000s to being colleagues of them as CEO at Endeavor, representing them as president of the association, and then coming aboard here at IFN as the CFO really allowed me to, over the course of those many years and experience and relationships that I developed to lead in this new role as CFO at, at IFN. Yeah, you know what I'm also struck by is that uh, unlike many of your uh, finance executive peers, uh, it seems like from very early in your career, you understood uh, the importance of outside stakeholders. And, and all these associations and organizations that you sort of connected with perhaps early in your career and allowed those relationships to grow and new, new relationships came into place, unlike many finance executives, there's not always a focus there or uh, a willingness. Would you agree that you have an aptitude for understanding the role uh, these types of organizations play? And, and granted, your industry seems to be, uh, it's, it's a necessary, essential component of it uh, if you're going to grow, I would imagine. Yeah, yes, I would, I would agree. It, for, for me, is. I always look for the opportunity, how can we get better? And, and it's me sitting around the table or wherever it is, working with others to make our organization better. And if it means going externally to the organization to find someone, whether it's a vendor partner who has um, more experience or understands the situation that we are in to make us better, I'm completely open to making that happen. And when we're in a regulatory environment that we are in, especially uh, small rural telecommunications carriers, uh, the advocacy is truly needed. And there's small resources at that level because they're, they're really only small businesses. So when you combine the efforts of not only the 30-plus small carriers in Indiana, but the 1,000-plus the across the United States, when you combine them into a group in a national association, you get movement, you get traction, and over the years what we've seen at the national level is significant movement and the understanding that the infrastructure needs of the rural communities are significant to the growth of the United States. And playing a, a role in that, just just my piece, it's, it's just been an amazing experience, and I'm very passionate about the telecommunications industry and especially the rural telecommunications industry, having all these uh, many years of experience with the various businesses and, and being there uh, essentially in cases where pulling out a shovel if I needed to, very, very slim at times, but I was there if, if I needed to be. However, our teams were amazing at building the infrastructure as it is today here at IFN, partnering up with various uh, contractors to build out the network. It takes many, many different teams, hard work, sweat, tears to make this happen. It's a very capital-intensive business, so it's um, 
important to, again to work with external partners, whether they're equity partners or they are financial institutions supporting us, and we have many of those out there. I'm hoping you'll reveal to us what I think is a, a unique aspect of your uh, finance leadership. Um, and again, it goes back to relationship building. Um, and in particular, uh, the, the eight rural communities that you referred to. Obviously, there had to be relationships, some corporate affairs efforts made here. Uh, did you personally ever have to go have meetings with each of the rural committees, or was there a road show that you participated in to help educate them about what was happening, or no, that's not necessarily part of this? Great question. So we, we touched part of eight different counties at Endeavor, and each county had different city council members and, and boards, and in Indiana currently, we do not have a, a streamlined process to be consistent across the state when building infrastructure. So uh, whether it was, it was myself or some of our engineering team members going to evening meetings with the local community boards to talk about what we are doing in their communities. So it, it, was, it was critical to have the advanced communication because when you bring the equipment, all the construction equipment and, and the people to start building this infrastructure, you're going to be tearing up uh, roads and communities. So it's so significant to upfront communicate that, not only to the leaders of the community, but also the residents and businesses to have them understand we're going through this process. However, at the end of the day, if we think out long term, the investment that we're making, even though we're digging up the ground, we're putting 21st century infrastructure in the ground to enable this community to thrive and grow. So when you when you share the message up front, that's the importance of open communication and, and sharing that it's not going to be easy because there's going to be some hiccups. However, if you think long term what that end result is going to be, that's the key. So, of course, we had challenges along the way with uh, different things that would come up, but you're right. We had to go back and have those communications with each of the different communities and explain what we're trying to accomplish. However, just think about the investment that we're making in this community to make it better. And I think at the end of the day when they understood that and we worked with them closely, whether it was locating other utility lines with their crews and working hand-in-hand -hand with their folks, that's what it took to get it done at the end of the day. Well, we want to get a better sense of your day-to-day uh, -day in 2018 as a CFO of IFN. What are those metrics uh, that are top of mind for you now? Cash. I'm, I'm sure most of your um, guests may have a, a similar answer there. IFN, as in my previous roles, is a very capital-intensive business. When you're building fiber optic infrastructure, in most cases in the ground, um, essentially uh, it costs a lot of money. So managing cash and working with, one, our, our creditors as well as our owners to be able to fund all of our goals. And we just recently went under a uh, major growth initiative working with our board, develop a, an updated strategic plan to grow IFN significantly over the, the future years that we have here in front of us. And it's going to take 
capital, of course, to, to do that. And one of the uh, objectives for me here is, is to, and our CEO is to work with our investors and possibly look at some new opportunities of investors to bring in some additional equity to IFN to allow us to invest in that infrastructure to grow revenues, to grow the value of IFN for its ownership. And in order to do that, it's going to be a balanced capital structure approach with the additional equity as well as working with our financial institutions to make that happen. I want to ask you uh, our sort of signature question, which is when we uh, ask for a aha moment or a finance strategic moment that you've experienced given your unique lines of sight into the organization as a finance executive and leader, uh, you identified something perhaps and you repositioned the company, you avoided a risk, whatever it may have been. What, uh, when I ask for a finance strategic moment, what comes to mind? For me, I, I look at it from two perspectives, one as, as CFO and then as, as CFO, I'm sorry, CEO rather. The CFO moment was really understanding it's not just all about the numbers. It is working with each of the departments in the organization to understand the pains and areas of barriers that may be, they may be coming across in order to accomplish and succeed in what they want to uh, move forward with. So it was having that collaboration with each of the departments, having that respect of those other departments that I understood what they were doing on a daily basis. So when it came to budget time or forecast time, I could ask the appropriate questions. I could work with them as a finance partner to get a better end result, and we could have better budgets and better forecasts. So having that ability to not just stand back in my office and crunch out the numbers, but it was developing those relationships across the organization that made me have better insights about the business, which in turn working with my team, then be able to present an overall finance plan that really incorporates everybody's thoughts. It's not just coming out the CFO's door each time, but it's a part of everybody within the organization having a role and having their thoughts incorporated into where we're heading. On the second point of that, from a CEO perspective, I had the opportunity. I, I learned this at, at one of my education sessions at our national associations where some other CEOs were having what they call skip-level meetings, and they actually wanted to meet with the employees of the organization without their managers around. So I incorporated that into what I called small group meetings when I was CEO, a group of 8 to 12 individuals, maybe five to six different meetings so we could make sure that we talked to everybody. They had the opportunity, just myself and our team around the board, to talk about what do we do right? You know, what are our challenges? What works for us? What's not working for us? And at times, of course, I'd have plenty of notes to really uh, take away and uh, think through and, and work with the management team to say, hey, how do we address these? Of course, when you're sharing these discussions with employees, we can't change everything. Some things that 
just are not feasible to be done within an organization. However, if we have the ability to make change and it makes sense for the organization, let's move forward. And I can recall one session, because I try to do these at least three times a year to keep the organization moving forward with stimulating new ideas from the team. And at one of these sessions across the board, we did a SWOT analysis. So we looked at strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of the organization. And I wanted to get firsthand from our team on the front lines all of these areas that we could combine. And then what I used that information to is share that at our next strategic meeting with the board of directors to see how that SWOT analysis that our team on the front lines came up with compared to the board of directors and what they thought our SWAT, our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats were to compare the two. It was interesting to, to find out that they were fairly aligned, which was obviously a, a good thing. However, on each side, we came out with ideas and thoughts about our business that we wouldn't have thought of if, if we didn't have that opportunity to discuss with those teams on the front line. So it was, it was a great eye-opener and experience, and it, it developed re better relationships for me with the team as well as the teams amongst themselves because we, we tried to make a group that came together that was cross-functional so they could also have an opportunity to talk with one another because one organization may think that they were doing something appropriately. However, someone across the table may have a different thought about how it's coming at them. So it was able to streamline some processes, and basically at the end of the day, it opened up the opportunity for conversation to make changes and make changes in the betterment of the organization. Thought Leader listeners, please don't go anywhere. Ralph Kuhn is going to step into the mentoring round with us after a short word from our sponsor. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. We're going to move to our mentoring round now where I get to ask you several quick questions. Uh, what's exciting you about finance and business today? I think the, the fact that finance is getting a larger seat at the table from a strategic standpoint. Uh, I keep reiterating back to my early conversations about it's not all about the numbers, and I think the boards of directors as well as the colleagues around the management executive table are realizing how significant not only the numbers are, but the analysis and the data that is produced that allows for better decision-making. And having that 
CFO being an integral part of that decision-making process is key because, as I mentioned earlier, that CFO should have a complete understanding of everything about that organization. So if they can be engaged in that strategic decision-making process, it's only going to add better results to the process at the end of the day. And I, I'm excited to see that movement in terms of getting that CFO more engaged, and maybe not just at the CFO level, even um, under that as well, having the ability to have all that data available to make better informed decisions and having that CFO as part of that process is key to success of an organization. What do you wish someone had told you at the very start of your CFO career when you stepped into that CFO role for the first time? What is it that you wish someone had told you? I think the, the collaborative aspect of getting outside your door, whether it's a door or a, a cubicle space, and whether it's introducing yourself or asking questions. I am a big question asker, and that is one thing that has really led to my knowledge of the business. When you can go to your colleague and ask them, how does this work? How, are we do, how do we do these things here in our organization? It develops that rapport with that individual and their team, and it also shows that, that you care about what they do. And, and for me, it's having those relationships, because at the end of the day, I, I keep saying it goes beyond the numbers. You need to have that trust and respect from your colleagues in order to have those conversations, in order for them also to share some challenges that they may have and how can we assist and work together to break through those challenges. So for me, it's, it's all about collaboration beyond the numbers that we're dealing with on a daily daily on a daily basis. Do you have a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? I have two, and one that's been around for a while. Many have probably read is Good to Great with Jim Collins, and one I'm listening to right now is Shoe Dog by Bill Knight. And the Good to Great is one that is really the breadth of the business aspects of that book are, are positive. We've incorporated some of those items within our strategic planning process. And when you look at Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, a, a very solid book in terms of starting with an idea and doing everything it takes to ensure that you fulfill that idea. And it's interesting that uh, Phil Knight himself, he was a, an accountant. Uh, during his early career. So a nice little twist from an accounting perspective, and it's a, it's a good listen. Our final question, what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? My priorities over the next 12 months are continue to focus on internal metrics to drive better decision-making here at IFM. As well, a big focus for me is going to be on going on our investor roadshow, we're calling it, looking to raise additional equity to support our growth in the future, as well as working with our lenders to restructure our existing loan revolver with them to, again, support the growth that I have had as planned in the future. Ralph Kuna, thank you for joining us on CFO Talk. Jack, thank you.
Thought Leader listeners, whether you've already ascended into the ranks of finance leaders or have only just begun the journey, your professional narrative needs a reboot. Join our email list at cfothoughtleader.com and receive my latest email series, Finance and the Power of Narrative. It's time to mobilize the past to achieve your goals. Thank you for listening.